right? What came first? What I have seen working with my clients is every single person who has worked with us for the 90 days has more than doubled their investment by the end of it. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, hey, today I have Mills Bender. She is a financial coach, a speaker, an author, and founder and owner of Mills Knows Bills. I have personally talked with Mills and she has helped me so much. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. But first, let's hear an ad. Hey, podcasters, if you're like me, you love hosting your show, but get discouraged by the time it takes to produce and market the final product. Turn to Podcast Media Machine, the number one solution for podcast design, production, content creation, and management. Visit podcastmediamachine.com. That's podcastmediamachine.com. Now back to our show. Welcome to the show, Mills. Thank you so much for having me. I know it's been a long time coming, but I'm really excited to be here. I appreciate you having me. Oh, it's I'm I'm excited. We had a little hiccup in our original plans to record. Um, <laughs> you went and had a baby. <laughs> yeah. So this is your first, right? It is. It is. It's my first without a return policy. I have eleven nieces and nephews and a goddaughter. So I'm not I'm not new to babies. I'm just new to you know have my own. <laughs> it it's a little. There's quite the. Um, the amount of investment you just uh, agreed to. <laughs> yes, yes. Lots of investment for sure. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I I was kind of paying really close attention to is like, how is Mills going to handle this? She's got a business that uh, um, is thriving. You know, we're, we're in a group, so I kind of understand, I kind of have some insight into your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> so I've been watching and you've been handling it with grace. Oh, you kind of came you. back into the race pretty quickly. How are, how are every, how is everything going? Uh, well, I appreciate you saying that because that means my team is doing a great job because mm-hmm. I'm actually not doing as much as y'all think I am. That's beautiful. Um, but it's been, it's been going, I've been slowly trying to do, you know, maybe one or two more things a week just so I can not feel like I'm biting off more than I chew come the new year when I'm off maternity leave formally, but it's been going pretty well. I'm giving myself a lot of grace and realizing that not every day is going to be as business productive as I want it to be just as I'm getting used to a new routine, but it's been going good. Yeah. Yeah. I I know I've been, I've been through the baby world. I decided, but I'm not a mom. So (laughs) I decided to start my very first business and I was working full time when we had our first kid. And Mm -hmm. so I feel so sorry for my wife who was also working. Um, I know that that is quite the, uh, it's quite the addition to your schedule. So you are doing it gracefully. Thank and you. Uh, yeah, I know, I know that's not an easy thing to do. Um, but I, I was introduced to you, I don't know, a couple months ago, three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I saw Mills Knows Bills is your business name. And 
immediately I was intrigued and you jumped on a call with me and it was awesome. Really awesome. In fact, I just want to say like the the tools you gave me, I've been using ever since it's the most financially tuned in I've ever been in any of my businesses. Personally, I've always had someone else doing it and it, it was like blind faith. And I'm telling you what, blind faith is not a good, um, it's not a, it's not a good strategy for, for business. It's really not, especially if you're the owner of it, you got to know where your money is going and where it's coming from. And it's one of those hats that you can't necessarily take off entirely. No, no. And I think that's just like, like you said, it's kind of like the, it's, it's something that you have to have on your radar, almost no matter how big you, you get, there's, there's a lot involved. Um, if, if we were to kind of wrap up, like say exactly what is it you do, is there a title that most people would understand? Is this like fractional CEO? Is it, is it like consultant coach? Like, what is that? So like literally, I, I think just tell us what yeah. you do. Yeah. So there are a variety of different services that we at Mills Nose Bills offer and provide, but the best way that I explain what we do, at least for the introductory services, is we are financial coaches who help business owners and other variable income earners master their money in 90 days. So that can look like no longer living paycheck to paycheck, paying off your debt twice as fast, and getting on track to reaching your financial goals whatever that may be. And the reason why we like to work with those who make a variable income is because the financial illiteracy is amplified by that lack of consistent income, right? It's a lot harder to set a budget. It's a lot harder to know how much you can set aside for retirement. It's, you know, there's just so many other factors that are outside of our control. So we have a little bit of an unorthodox approach where we work backwards. We provide business strategies, sales strategies, and all that to kind of tie all of the financial pieces together. Wow. Okay. So it's um, very like eclectic. There's a lot of things involved in what you do. It's like solving a puzzle, you know, without the picture. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it is. <laughs> I want to know how you got into this because this is probably one of the most hated parts of owning a business, at least for me, <laughs> and especially with variable income. This is a conversation my wife and I have had over and over again. I've been an entrepreneur for years and years and years. And, um, you, you know, it's difficult. It's a difficult way to learn. Like, hey, yeah. we need, you know, let's say we need $6,000 this month to pay bills. Okay. I'll t- like, Hey, it might be 15. It might right. be four. I, I don't, I don't know. Right. So like, how did you, how did you delve into this world? Because like I said, it, most, most business owners, most individuals want to run from this. Right. So eight years ago, I think eight years ago, uh, I actually was my biggest client. I had a dollar 50 cents in my bank account and I didn't know how I got there how I can make sure I didn't get there again, you know? So I really, at that point, decided to start taking ownership of my own personal financial literacy and stop letting ignorance be my excuse. So when I first approached financial understanding and learning, I did it more so because I needed it. I just so happened to fall in love with it along the way. 
personally, I've always been a really organized, detail-oriented person who loves math. This just happened to be a monetary application of those skill sets that I've always enjoyed. But along the way, I found myself working in industries and companies that were not really good at managing their cash flow. And I just kind of naturally found myself saying, well, if you have this in your bank account and you have these expenses coming out, you need to earn X, Y, Z. And I just found myself fine-tuning that conversation. As I continued to network and build my own business, I realized that it was a common common area of help among business owners, especially those smaller business owners that you know are at that cusp of making it or breaking it. So I really just had conversations and found the commonalities and dived into it deeper. Did you own a business before this? Like I did a different not. business month? Okay. No. No, I um right out of college I became a financial advisor, fully licensed in the state of Florida. Okay. Found that I didn't really love being an advisor because it was to me it felt like it was putting a band-aid on a lot of financial issues rather than pouring antiseptic on the financial wounds. So, I took a step back. I actually worked in the mortgage industry for a little bit. And then from there, I kind of hopped between smaller businesses, helping them internally with their finances, and then started Mills Nose Bills right before the pandemic. Oh, really? So right before, was was business growth, did you find it, do you think it was easier or harder during the pandemic for you? For me, I would say... It was really easy for me to grow, but I was growing not within the niche I wanted to be, but it was okay because I was at that point where I was still figuring it out myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did really well my first year and ended up, ended up quitting my day job that I had at the time um, after about a year or so in business. So it was, it did well, but it wasn't again, like I said, in that niche I started to tap into that niche more so in my halfway through my second year, I'd say. Tell me specifically what your niche is. And and this is a big conversation among entrepreneurs. Like who do you want to work with and who do you don't yeah. want to work with? And dialing that isn't so is so incredibly important. So tell us what that is at this point. So there's two different demographics. The one that I I go after in terms of my revenue are entrepreneurs who generate at least $100,000 a year, typically in the service-based industry. So they're not really selling products. They're more so selling their their packages or their coaching or whatever it may be. Um, Normally, I find that my clients are interested in their physical wellness as well. It's not a requirement to work with somebody in that regard, but I find that somebody who takes the time to take care of their body, their mindset is very similar to the financial mindset that I teach as well, right? It's a lot more about the smaller impacts rather than the one and done. So that's just a commonality I've seen. And I'd say in terms of age group, I've worked with mostly those that are between the ages of 35 to 55, but again, there's outliers. So that's my my general target in terms of, of revenue. But the other demographic is those that are students. So mm. 12 to 18 years of age. 
I don't sell to them. In fact, when somebody signs up to work with us one-on-one, we donate our financial literacy curriculum to students in areas of need. So they're getting that financial literacy on a more proactive basis, whereas who we sell to is more on a reactive basis, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. So, um, wow, I'm your avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Service-based business between your ages, work out every single day and put a high, high value on that. I was like, oh, check, check, check. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's incredible. And that's a, I love that, that niche as well. I mean, that's, that's a, there's a lot of abundant mindset, but a lot to learn. And -hmm. I think that's where I come from. There's, there's this learning that needs to happen and you'd think it would have been faster having owned businesses for, I don't know, 15 years now, but I don't know that that's not uncommon. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it takes a while. Mm-mm. It does. And, and you'd be surprised. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how much money you make. doesn't matter how long you've been in business. I've worked with lots of different industries and people under the sun. I mean, I have clients who generate 16 million a year, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I have, I've had clients who've been in business for 20 years, but just can't ever seem to get a break. You, you know, it's, everybody needs help in some capacity yeah. and that's okay. I'm going to ask kind of, um, the elephant in the room question okay? because I think, you know, it's a question I have sure. and I, I think you have a really good answer. And I, I think I know the answer. So we're talking about finances, money. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is what I've always pushed around. Like if I need help with money, I don't have money to pay someone to help me with money. And I want you to go ahead and I want you to address that straightforward sure. because I think everybody who's thinking that needs to hear what you have to say. Sure. So chicken and egg, right? What came first? What I have seen working with my clients is every single person who has worked with us for the 90 days has more than doubled their investment by the end of it. So it truly is a return on your investment. Now, if you're in the position where you feel like you can't afford to work with us or work with another financial coach, see if you can get on a payment plan, right? I know mm-hmm. we offer them. I don't. I can't speak on other coaches' behalf, but we do put our clients mostly on payment plans because it helps them. It holds us accountable, shows them that we're in it with them as well. But there are a plethora of other free resources that we provide. We have a free budget setting tool. We have a YouTube channel. We have a podcast. We do free webinars monthly. Granted, they're on pause while I'm on maternity leave. But (laughs) we have a whole plethora of resources and we have services for every budget of shape and size. Right, Our services can range from $12.99 a month to $10,000, depending on what it is that you're looking for, the size of your company, all that in between. So if you are the type of person that feels like you can't afford to get this type of coaching, you need to get that. You need to get it like now, honestly, because your future self will thank you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and it's, it's such so hard. And I talk to a lot of people about like coaching in general and, yeah. you know, business coaching and, and it's always this fuzzy picture of like, what is my ROI? 
Mm-hmm. And that's the whole problem is it's very, very hard to, to say that up front. And then you're also, most people are very scared to make promises like, ah, I can't promise this because then I'm like kind of tied to it. But, you know, my experience is the ROI is always there in spades. Mm-hmm. And then the, the expanding, the, the exponential ROI is Correct. usually huge. Um, do you work with couples or do you just work with like single business owners? Because I know a lot of business owners like me and my wife, my, you know, we both have our own roles. It's my business. She has her stuff. stuff. And then we're trying to like do this dance and it's a, it's a very interesting experience. So in general, I don't, we don't just look at the business budget or the business finances because as business owners and as variable income earners, how we do in our business or in our career will directly impact our personal finances. So we actually take an approach that starts with the personal finances, embeds that into the business finances. So that way you're looking after one number. So to answer your question, if there is a partner or spouse in the equation, of course, we bring that into the the conversation as well. Whether they want to be present for those sessions or not, you have to take a look at their finances, their goals. You know, it it is something that impacts the entire familial unit. I will say when there are couples, 50% of the time they are part of the conversation, 50% of the time they're not. It really just depends on that couple. But yes, we do work with them as well. Yeah, and it because this does bleed over into personal 100%. life so 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 much because it is yeah. that I mean it's it's your livelihood. Right. So I think the the objections are are quite I mean they're easy to overcome cuz we're talking about money here. I mean we right. we're talking about money, which is a big deal for most people. And I think one thing that I I just want to get the objections out of the way. And then I want to talk to you about business and some of the mm-hmm. kind of the trending conversations, but the, the fear of someone coming in and saying, mm, you're spending too much money here. You need to cut this. You know, I know for a fact that that would be, uh, you know, like I, my wife's hair costs a lot of money, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, you know, and I'm like going, Oh gosh, she's not going to, she's not going to want anybody telling her, no, you <laughs> can't do that. Um, and so how do you guys kind of, work through that for anybody who's like, Hey, I don't want to cut my lifestyle. Of course, there's some reality involved in this. Mm -hmm. So we actually take more of a solutions-based approach rather than a restrictions-based approach. First thing we do is just gather all of the information, right? There's no judgments whatsoever because everybody has their things, right? You can't see to the, the sides of me, but I have two bookshelves stuffed with books. I'm a book nerd that I'm not allowed in Barnes and Noble anymore. My husband won't allow it. I just, I love the smell, the texture, all of it. Um, but we all have our things, right? Hair for your wife might be her thing. Somebody else might like shopping. Somebody else might like going out to eat. All the realtors I work with, their dining out and, and bar budget, $3,000 on average a month. Oh, wow. Right. I mean, it just depends on the industry you're in, your personality. So we do not take the approach of sitting down and saying immediately, you got to cut everything, rice and beans every single day, breakfast, lunch and dinner, because that's not sustainable. 
right? If you were to have that type of restriction, much like working out or dieting, right? Maybe it'll last for a week, but then after a week, you might say, mm, that chocolate chip cookie sounds delicious. And rather than having one, you have the whole damn pack. Right. It's not sustainable, right? That's why we, we work really well with those that are into their physical wellness. So we sit down and we say, all right, if these are your goals and this is your spending, number one, do you want to keep spending that amount? If you do, okay. If you don't, if there's something else that's a higher priority for you and your finances, let's see how we can take steps with different types of systems and processes to make that easier for you. And then we work backwards and say, all right, well, based off of the lifestyle that you want and need to have, you need to earn X, Y, Z each month in your business. And we're talking about revenue, right? This includes taxes. This includes all of your annual expenses and top of your monthly expenses, your personal bills, all of it. So that way, you know, at the top of your head, if you need to generate 15K a month, Scott, how many clients do you need to close? Is it two? Is it 10? If you have a 10% closing rate, you got to talk to a hundred people then. How many events do you need to attend or how many speaking engagements do you need to go to, to get those hundred people a month? Right? So then we get to see, all right, well, is that realistic? Do you need to hire somebody? So there's, it's multifaceted. We don't just say, Hey, here's your budget. Good luck. You know, we want to make sure that it's sustainable. It's exciting, but then you also have the tools and resources to make sure that it lasts. That's amazing. I, I think that's uh, not what I thought. You know, you, you think that there's going to be a real restrictive like conversation. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed that once you, because I've just been using your free resources. Mm -hmm. And once I started using those, I understand like even this morning, I'm like, okay, I need to make three extra sales moving forward because I lost this revenue here. Mm -hmm. And so this is what this will do. How am I going to make three additional sales a month? And so it's really cleared. And, and I, you know, I haven't started working with you, but it's really clear exactly mm -hmm. like what I need to do. And that's already helped massively. Good. And no one's ever said that before. No. no one's ever said, Hey, like here's the numbers pay attention to. And like, it's all it's done for me is like, okay, what's the next fine tuning? How do I do this tax thing? How do I do this thing? And right. then I've got this debt. I'm like, Ooh, like, ouch. How do I figure that out? So right. I can see where the, um, the system is absolutely needed for me and probably for a lot of business owners. Yeah. What are some of the, um, let's move a little more into kind of some of the trending things that are, you know, kind of coming across your like your desk with, yeah. with business owners and, and your, your, uh, your niche, if you will, what are some of the topics that people are asking a lot about? So I've seen a lot of people, clients, or just one-off conversations mentioning how there's been a slowdown in their revenue. And that could be for a variety of different factors, right? It could be that it's the end of the year and maybe you just have a natural slowdown because people aren't signing up for anything new. They want to wait for the new year. It could be due to inflation and impending recession, right? Um, but a lot of people have been talking about a slowdown in revenue, feeling that tightening in their cash flow a little bit more. And naturally that has sparked a conversation with business credit and financing and all of that. So one thing I would definitely say, because I'm noticing this as a 
not so positive trend is that a lot of people are waiting until they need the capital to then apply for the capital. If you're at a position where you need it, you most likely will have a more difficult time qualifying for it. So regardless of where you're at in your business, every business should have a line of credit. Right. How do you do that? I mean, I, I kind of walked down this road very, it it was, it was the need basis. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, and so it wasn't the ideal situation and it uncovered some very interesting things that we didn't know, for instance, and I'm going to be quite, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this, I'm sharing this with a lot of people. We have had our own LLC for 13 years, I believe 12, Mm -hmm. 13 years, been bringing money in as 1099s. Yep. And I, I realized that we weren't putting the money through the business account. Mm-hmm. We were we were tracking everything, but we were putting it into our personal account. And we, I go to the bank, and they're like, "Well, you have nothing coming into your 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 business account." I'm like, "Well, there's like twenty to eighty k coming in a month. Like, what? You know, that's pretend values. <laughs> what 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 do you mean?" And they're like, "Well, it, it's not coming into your business account. Obviously, made a switch since then, and so now we got this situation where there's this history is kind of weird." Like, mm-hmm. And I don't not, I'm not sure how common that is, but talk about frustrating. It is pretty common, especially if you are in a situation where you've had to grow your business and grow it quickly. Sometimes yeah. important corners are cut and that's not, that's not saying that you're a bad person or you're doing anything horribly wrong. It's just, it happens, right? Mm-hmm. I've cut corners on certain things like my website, right? That's come back to bite me in the butt more times than I can count. Right. So there are different things that, um, we just don't think of in the long run, but what I would definitely say is, you know, I focus more on the cash flow. Let's make you look really good. Make sure that you have the money in the account. This is how much you might need to apply for in credit. Right. But if you are in this, in the position where you need to get that business financing, uh, Jonathan Federa is actually a friend of mine who focuses on this area. He's a, a broker in credit. So he could look at your financial situation and educate you on the pros and cons between a personal loan, SBA, a credit card, right? Like he can look at everything and say, this is what I suggest you do. And mm. he would find the best for your money as well. Um, the name of his business is actually called integrated business financing. Um, Makes sense. Apex, Scott, I don't yeah. know if you've talked with him yet, but he's, no. pretty, he's a pretty cool guy. I 10 out of 10 recommend. What uh, was his name? Just if people forgot it and they yeah. want to listen. So integrated business financing is the mm-hmm. name of his business. And his name is Jonathan Federa. Okay. Really smart guy. Um, and I can send you the link to his stuff. If you want to put that in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be really nice for listeners. Um, But what I would say is, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, what I just mentioned as well. You know, by the time you need it, it's a little too late to apply. So what I would say is if you don't have any line of credit right now, whether you think you need it or not, just apply for it. Just because you have it doesn't mean you have to use it. Okay. Give yourself the option now. If you are in the situation where you do need it, I highly recommend reaching out to Jonathan And if you are in the situation where maybe you want better financial education and how to make sure you can maintain those payments, not over leverage yourself, that's where we really come in as well. Okay. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, because this whole understanding and having credit line, I was sharing with you, you and I were talking yeah. before we started pushing record, is I was on my walk in the morning. I was like, I, I think I need a line of credit, and I've never done that before. I've always cash flowed everything I've done, mm-hmm. um, and it's worked out until it hasn't. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's put me in some interesting situations. And I think the lesson here is that every, we should be taking a much more proactive financial approach to, to our businesses. Yeah. Um, maybe, I mean, many people do, and I'm not judging, but I, I know that there's a gap there for a lot of people. It's, it's a lot of people. And the problem is that money is such a taboo topic that, Mm-hmm. You know, people act as though they're the only one in the in their financial situation. I did too. That's why it took me so many years to get out of that dollar and fifty cents rut. Right? Yeah. I felt like I was the only yeah. person out there, but you're not. Yeah. So the sooner you start talking about it, the better it is for you. What are some of the biggest? Um, what's the biggest problem that you have to face with most of your clients? Like, what's the big mm. like? I wouldn't say is there it's one? more so a problem that I need to overcome with them. It's more so a common issue I see with, with our service-based clients. They don't charge enough. They, mm. they undervalue themselves. And that is such a huge part of why our clients are stuck in their financial rut is because they, they are kind of pigeonholing themselves into charging little for their services. So earlier, Scott, you said, you know, in order to make up this lack of a client now, I need to bring on three more, right? What I would then ask you is, can you feasibly with your time manage three more clients? Right. 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 And if the answer is no, that's a quick indicator that you need to increase your, your pricing and or hire somebody, right? It's, it's a very, because sometimes the financial piece of it will make sense, but if it doesn't align with your time, that's where that discrepancy is. You got to give a value to your time. And that's really hard for, for business owners to do because our time is worth everything and nothing all at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you actually just gave me an idea that I'm really (laughs) excited about. Good. Literally just caught an idea. Good. Whoa. I think I just solved the problem. There you um, go. <laughs> see, there, there it is. Uh, and I think that that's a conversation. Like I have that with people all the time. I, we have a mutual friend and I was like, you need to be charging more. This is ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. I'm using your service and I know I'm at the top end, mm-hmm. but holy cow, you're paying, you're charging people half this price for doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's such a belief issue that we all deal with. Like I see it for other people. Like please charge more. And then when it comes to me, I'm like, Oh, I think I might lose some sales. You know, <laughs> it's but if you a... lose the sales and you've increased your pricing, right? doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't really matter. It kind of balances itself out. And honestly, it gets to a point in your business where if somebody's not going to value you, you don't want to work with that person anyway. Right. The biggest right. headaches I've ever had are the clients I've done something free for yeah, or super duper discounted right? Or bent over backwards to give them a different payment plan from everybody else. It's ridiculous. It really is. There've been people where I'm like, Hey, here's access to this, this online course for free. I'll sit down with you for free. 
And they either A, never show up for the, the session or B, they don't do the work. I've only sat down with one person who I've done something free for who have, who's completely like changed her life with it. Wow. It's an, and I found that too. Same. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. harder you have to work for somebody, the the less they're going to do. Right. And I, I think that's a really incredible lesson. And plus uh, I know, you know, I'll use my experience when uh, I spoke to several business owners and I said, well, why didn't you buy our service? And they said, you were one-tenth the price of everybody else's. Dang. And I'm like. So they didn't see. They they're like, it was- I'm like, you paid t- another company 10K a month to do what we're doing for a month. They're like, yeah, I can't take you seriously if everybody else is asking for 8 to 12K a month and you're asking for 1K a month. And that's happened three times. That's and crazy. I'm like sitting here going, if I would have charged each of those person 10K a month, we could have provided a ridiculously stellar service. Right. Like, and, and. Because you don't need as many people. I don't, right. <laughs> so there is a story for you. And yeah. I still haven't learned my lesson, but um. <laughs> well, I would also just venture to say because a lot of people are, are they understand how corporate works, right? Like you get paid a right. salary, right? So if you can't wrap your head around increasing your prices, remember when you worked in corporate or you know somebody who worked in a corporate position? Pretty much every year or so, they got a raise, mm-hmm. right? And it normally matches inflation or at least should match inflation, right? So if right. you are not increasing your pricing, even just year over year, you're doing yourself a disservice. So right. if that's easier to kind of wrap your head around, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the whole, I might lose people. If I increase my price, I might lose people. And that's a, mm-hmm. again, that's a, that's a negative cycle to get into because, mm-hmm. hey, if you lose two people, but you've gained it back in what you're you increased on the other end, you're in, you're in better shape. Right. So yeah, this is solid, solid, solid advice. Now I know you have a baby yes. who is very needy of his mom. And, <laughs> I don't know if um, you can hear wanna... him crying in the back. No, I couldn't. No, I can't. <laughs> Maybe I subconsciously heard him. You know, I've been through that. Um, but, uh, and I want to, I want to honor that for you because I know that sets off alarms in a mom's head. Um, if you're hearing them, I did not. But me, I'm wondering if I did like subconsciously that you whole that old dad head. Because yeah. right before you mentioned it, he did a nice little squawk upstairs. <laughs> uh, I'll have to listen back on this and see if it's there. Um, so, you know, Mills knows Bills, such a cool name, very very clear and and obvious. And you work, you help people work with money, which is phenomenal. So, I'm not going to make you do all the things. What's your website? MillsKnowsBills.com. Okay. And I, and all of the links to everything are going to be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And so I won't make you go through the rigmarole, tell everybody where you're at, but, um, my, I have learned in this 30 minutes, I have learned more about financial business, financial literacy than, um, anywhere else combined with that other conversation I had with you, Thank like you. not just financial literacy, but financial literacy, like where I'm at and what mm-hmm. I need. And so that is incredibly, incredibly valuable to me. And I'm sure to anybody who listens to this, it's the same. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I really loved being on here and chatting with you. Yeah. So, um, Hey everybody, thank you for listening. Do yourself a favor and reach out to Mills. Uh, she is a phenomenal person and will take care of you. Have a great day.
for listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week. <laughs>